Hey everybody, it's Catherine here, and this is the segment Reading the Soother, where I read the essay from the Sunday Soother newsletter as an audio thingy for those of you who like to consume my content that way. This week's episode is all about two trippy healing experiences I had this year that changed my shame and low self-worth. So I think you'll enjoy. But before I get into reading the essay, I wanted to let you know two things. One, on September 9th, Wednesday, September 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm hosting an hour-long free training on anxiety versus intuition and how to tell the difference between the two. Um, I think it's going to be awesome. It's going to be both on Zoom and Instagram Live. And I'll put the show notes or I'll put the link in the show notes for where you can register for that. No problem if you can't attend or watch live because I'll be sending the replay out to anybody who signs up for it. So I think that'll be really fun and useful because that's such a big issue for many of us. Uh, Second, an introduction to intentional dating. Um, Enrollment is still open, but it's winding down. Doors are going to close on Monday, September 14th. You can take the self-paced version. There's unlimited spots for that. They have over 70 people signed up right now. Um, And then there are two group coaching spots um, that I would love to see the perfect people sign up for. And one is on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, and one is on Sundays at 10 a.m. Eastern. We're starting the week of September 14th with that. Open to, you know, to everybody, right? Um, however you identify, whatever your gender, any expression, you're welcome in these groups. And if you have more questions about those, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram or email me is kind of the best way to get in touch with me. Um, and there are three VIP coaching spots left. And so those are spots where you do get into the group coaching program, but you also get lots of one-on-one support from me. And we do our own calls and our own process and our own coaching and support of you finding um, the relationship that you want in your life. And lastly, my podcast that comes out on Sunday is going to be about the top blocks that I see preventing people from getting into the relationships they want. And I think it's going to be really interesting. It'll be my final podcast on dating content. Um, So if you've been enjoying the dating content, make sure to listen. If you've been tired of the dating content, rejoice. It is almost done. (laughs) Although, you know, it's dating is an area I love talking about because it's, it's like the deepest expression and container of emotional intelligence and vulnerability and self-knowledge that many of us can access. So I'm I'm not going to say I'm never going to talk about it again because I think it's a fascinating area. But just putting that disclaimer up there. Okay, so now we are going to go into uh, this week's Sunday Soother essay. Enjoy. As I've talked about the last two weeks, I had left talk therapy in favor of exploring a new-to-me world of healing modalities. And I want to write about two significant experiences I had in two of these modalities that changed everything for me. It took me a long time in my 30s to realize it, but I think the biggest block I had with talk therapy is that what I really needed to work on for myself was self-acceptance, self-worth, and overcoming shame. But the current paradigm, as in much of Western approaches, is to do this with thinking. Just believe in yourself. Just be more confident, fake it till you make it, change your mind, change your world. But as many of you likely know by now, grit and willpower can only get you so far. Our minds and intellect and logic are powerful things for sure. 
and must be included and addressed in a journey of healing and transformation. But focusing only on them is like making a recipe and thinking that the most important ingredient is the flame with which you're cooking the food. Throughout my journey, I've realized that emotions like low self-worth, shame, and others, and good emotions too, live in the body, not the mind. I could think my way 12 ways to Sunday about how I was actually super confident and worthy, but unless I address these issues at an emotional and somatic level, not to mention a spiritual and subconscious level, I was just going to be grinding my gears. So here's what happened. I turned to one modality called focusing and another called guided imagery. And the results were wild. Let's look at focusing first. I read this book, Focusing in Clinical Practice, The Essence of Change by Anne Weiser Cornell while I was getting my coaching certification. And it was one of the first books that opened up my mind to healing through a somatic path. From the book, here's the gist. Focusing is based on a radically different understanding of the body as inherently meaningful and implicitly wise. Mere intellectualizing or talking about problems can keep clients stuck in their old patterns of behavior. Focusing introduces the concept of the felt sense a moment in process where there is a potential to experience more than is already known and to break through old, frozen, stuck patterns. Clients who see real change during the course of their therapy work are often those who can contact and stay with a felt sense. But how to help them do so is not so obvious. Sounds good to me, I thought. Let's try it out. So this past January, I decided to do a guided focusing session with a woman named Sandy Jami Berg, virtually. This is what she wrote in her initial email to me. A session is ultimate self-care time. The gist is that we'll be following your body's process about a particular topic or issue that you choose to invite. We're looking for that which you do not yet know. So staying with whatever comes in response to your invitation longer than you typically would on your own. I will guide you with gentle suggestions and how to be in relationship to what comes. Our experience then is that when something within us feels fully deeply understood for how it is now, as it comes when you invite it, that acceptance frees it to move forward or take a step. Something that has been a certain way for a long time now is freed up to do something different for you. Some sessions are more about bringing together a variety of views. This is like integrative neural wiring. And from that, you can find clarity in making decisions, a united sense within. Your body does this for you. You do not quote unquote do anything to it. Whenever something does shift within us, with this particular type of attention you are giving yourself during this time, Everything always moves toward what feels like a better sense of well-being, maybe more spacious, alive, or flowing. For close to two hours, Sandy guided me into a quiet state where I was paying attention to what feelings were arising, whether they were coming out in my body, like aches or pain, or sensations, my mind as thoughts, or as images. 
At first, nothing really happened. I have the thing where you can't visualize. You might have read a Vox article about it a while ago. So it was just a lot of trying to tune in, a lot of silence, and occasionally a gentle question from Sandy. But eventually something came through. It wasn't quite an image since I don't visualize. It was more an impression. At the start of the session, we had been talking about my struggles with feeling confident, starting a business, not feeling like I really knew myself. And all of a sudden, I was in the midst of this. It's trippy, so hang on. (laughs) There was a village of little people living in me. Imagine like the Smurfs or Gulliver's Travels in the Lilliput. It was kind of an old timey village. People were walking around, living in huts and cabins, doing stuff like blacksmithing or whatever people did in villages several hundred years ago. They were living a nice life. It was bustling and cheery. But then I came along. I was like a giant Catherine or a Gulliver figure at the edge of their awareness. They knew somehow I was coming and they all raced to hide. In that moment, I understood. They were scared of me. They knew they had to be silent when I was around. They didn't want me to see them or even know they were there. They were afraid I would hurt them. I realized in that very moment that I had been trying to bleach myself of my own emotions, my own imperfections, my own entire self. I was on a quest for a perfect version of myself. One where I never felt bad things, never did quote unquote bad things. One where I was just like a saintly, perfect, emotionless, beautiful robot. And my own self was scared of me. All of my emotions, my doubts, my parts of me that were quote unquote less than would run and hide when I came about because they knew I was trying to exterminate them in this robotic, ruthless quest for acceptance and perfection. In that moment, giant traveling Catherine arrived in the village and told the villagers to come out. She slash I apologized for having tried to eradicate them. She slash I could see that they were just being just people being in all their imperfections and perfections, their beauty and their flaws, just living. The villagers came out and cheered and waved me off as I sailed away, promising that I would come back and visit often. I shit you not, this is what happened. (laughs) I could ruminate further on this, but I think the story and the lesson is pretty clear. And in that moment during the focusing session, I knew then I must accept myself as I am with all of my mess. I have to. I'm killing myself trying not to. So I shall just be me, all of me. Okay, on to the next wild experience. This is the one I spoke about in last week's episode of the Sunday Soother podcast. So it might be a little bit of a repeat for anybody who listened to that one. 
This past spring, I was part of a cohort of women in a program called Worthy Women Rise by life coach Thais Skye, a group where we explored what she has coined the worthiness wound. It was a beautiful program that I can endorse. Thais is great. Several of the modules and learnings had a significant impact on me. But the biggest one was a simple guided imagery meditation she had us do towards the end. Guided imagery is a type of visualization and meditation process where a person or voice walks you through prompts and invites you to imagine a variety of things unfolding. I learned a lot about it recently from a Body of Wonder podcast, which explains this. Guided imagery is an easy-to-use, multi-sensory, relaxation-based practice that utilizes guided affirmations and soothing music to evoke images in the mind that are experienced by the body. In the meditation, Thais invites you to begin to picture your own worthiness wound. What does it look like, she asks. What might it have to say to you? And what do you want to say back? In the meditation, again, I don't visualize, so this was more an impression than actual pictures. I saw my worthiness wound. It was a softly jagged black hole, sort of a dark cloud, formless, that lived around my solar plexus. It came out of me and floated in front of me and looked at me. We were on a beach. What does your worthiness wound have to say to you? Thais asked. This is what it told me. Catherine, it's time for you to let me go. You're holding on, but you don't need me anymore. But I can't leave on my own. I need you to choose to release me. I'm already crying in the visualization at this point, and I say something back to the effect but I don't want to let you go. I'm scared. I hate saying goodbye. What if I'm all alone without you? Don't go. And it said back, you can do this. Trust. Crying harder, I knew it was right. I had to do this. I nodded in that moment, choosing to let it go. And it turned into a bird and flew off into the sky. Again, no shit. This really happened. My solar plexus immediately started gurgling. And I knew something had changed, as the solar plexus chakra is where self-worth lies. Later that day, I was walking around D.C., ruminating on this experience, when I stopped myself in my tracks. The reason it had been so emotionally painful for me to say goodbye to my low self-worth was that it had been a best friend, a constant companion, a knowing voice, a validating one, something that reassured me nothing was my fault, nobody understood us, and that was okay because we had each other. I was emotionally alone a lot as a kid. I had a kind, stable, secure family unit who were always physically around, but I'm pretty sure my parents had no idea what to do with such an emotionally sensitive child. I often felt alone, floating out in space with these bewildering feelings and emotions, like nobody truly understood me, that something must be wrong with me. This voice, this low self-worth, it had appeared in order to comfort me. 
And now, in order to believe differently about myself, that nothing was wrong with me, my emotions were valid, I deserved everything I wanted and I could go after it, I had to say goodbye to it. For more around this experience and my thoughts around self-pity and low self-worth, I hope you'll listen to the podcast I did about this last week, where I expand more deeply on these concepts. So that's it. Those are two of the most emotionally significant experiences I've had in a long time. And through them, I had the sense of shame leaving my body, of lightness, of a new way of being, of possibility, of potential, of acceptance and deservingness. And there was no way I could have talked myself there. My shame and self-worth needed to be released at a much deeper level. And I'm thankful that after years of searching, I was able to find my way there. That's the essay. I'll see you guys soon.